Hey there, welcome to The Tents. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. One of the things that we love the most about botanical-style aquariums is that they evolve over time. I know we've talked about this idea like a million times already, particularly the idea that botanical materials become a working part of your aquarium's ecosystem as the biofilms and fungal growths you know, cover them and sort of transform them. Now, over time, in the botanical-style aquarium, wonderful transformative things happen. Leaves begin to accumulate. Botanicals begin to break down. Detritus settles out. You're like, wait, detritus? What? No, think about it. Aquatic soils and substrates, they, they dissolve their chemical constituents, tannins and humic acids into the water, enriching it. Fungi and microorganisms begin to feed on and break down these materials. Biofilms form, crustaceans multiply rapidly. Fishes are able to find new food sources, new hiding places, and if we're lucky, new places to spawn. Life flourishes in the botanical-style aquarium at all levels. The habitat has evolved, transformed by unstoppable constant natural processes. They look and function just like they do in nature. And I understand that not everyone can handle that. We've talked about that many times, right? I admit, though, that I feel a bit sorry for these people who can't make that mental shift to accept the fact that nature does her own thing. And she'll lay down a patina on our botanicals, gradually transforming them into something a bit different than when we started. When we don't accept this process, we sadly get to miss out on nature guiding our tank towards its ultimate beauty, perhaps even better than we envisioned. For some, it's really hard to accept this process, to let go of everything they've known before in the hobby, you know, to wait while nature goes through her growing pains, decomposing, transforming, and yeah, evolving our aquascapes from carefully planned art installations to living, breathing, functioning microcosms. But what about all that decay, that patina of biofilm? It's okay. It's normal. The presence of this stuff also waxes and wanes to a certain extent. It's the product of a botanical bioload. Yet they're always there, as they are in natural habitats. And making the effort to understand and even appreciate their appearance is a sign that you're, you know, as a sign that your aquarium's functioning the way nature intended is a, probably the biggest step in achieving what can only be called a form of aquatic enlightenment. It's really important. The accumulation of materials, dissolved substrate constituents, uh, decomposing leaves and botanicals, bits of biofilm and fungal threads, it's fundamental to the ecology of our aquariums. It's part of this type of approach. It's present in all natural aquatic systems. We just work with it instead of against it. Instead of trying to sanitize, edit, or otherwise redirect nature, we understand that it will follow its own path, sometimes going through phases that we may not appreciate. Accumulation. And guess what? It never stops. You wouldn't want it to. The ebb and flow of life in a natural botanical style aquarium is much like a garden. You can and should perform regular maintenance, you know, conducting water exchanges, filter media replacement, etc., like you do in any other tank. However, you need to conduct these maintenance sessions, not with the idea of, you know, this will take care of those biofilms, but more with an attitude of this will continue to facilitate change over time. Yeah, it does require a certain attitude and a willingness to look at nature as she actually is and to appreciate the beauty in the details of her processes. So on a practical, functional level, is there an issue in allowing these things to accumulate in your aquarium? It's not like we've had no prior understanding of or experience with this stuff in the aquarium hobby. One word I remember seeing in many of my dad's old aquarium hobby books that I grew up reading was the term malm. 
It's a funny word, sort of a charming 1950s, 1960s style catch-all expression for stuff that accumulates at the bottom of an aquarium. It was, is, quite appropriate and descriptive. Now, to me, malm is the freshwater hobby equivalent of detritus, which is the term we use in the reef aquarium world extensively to describe the solid material that accumulates at the bottom of an aquarium as the end product of biological filtration. Malm, to me, however, is a bit more. It's not primarily fish poop and uneaten food. I think malm is also a matrix of stringy algae, biofilms, and fine particles of stuff that tend to accumulate here and there in healthy aquariums. What's cool about this stuff is that not only do you get to see it in your aquariums, you see it extensively in natural ecosystems like the Amazonian streams or the Asian you know, peat swamps, places that you would expect to find a diversity of life. Again, in the case of a botanical-style aquarium, mulm is also the broken-down leaves and botanicals. It's part of a process that we've often called substrate enrichment in our aquariums. Kind of a charming term. Stuff breaks down. Just like they do in nature, they create a diverse matrix of partially decomposing plant materials, pieces of bark, bits of algae, and some strings of biofilm, all in that little substrate. It's biological fuel for a functional miniature ecosystem. Now, in years past, hobbyists who favored sterile-looking aquariums would have been horrified to see this stuff accumulated on the bottom or among their, you know, their aquascaping wood pieces or whatever. Upon discovering it in our tanks, it would have taken nanoseconds to lunge for the siphon hose to get the stuff out of there right away. In our case, however, we embrace this stuff for what it is, a rich, diverse, and beneficial part of our microcosm. I've probably said this 10 times already in this podcast, and it's so important. I encourage it to accumulate in every botanical-style aquarium that I maintain. Now, not to the point where the fish are swimming near the bottom and clouds of stuff are, you know, flowing up, but here and there are little pockets of the stuff where the fishes forage and the other life forms accumulate. And it's an accumulation of materials, which based on my experience and that of many others and the presence of, you know, and in the presence of overall good husbandry will not have any detrimental impacts on your aquarium and the health of its inhabitants. I virtually, I don't want to say guarantee because there's no guarantees in the hobby, but I assure you, you're not going to have the nightmare scenarios that you think you might. Now, you may not be convinced about this being a good thing. I get it. So I encourage you to verify it on your own. Check your water parameters. Are you seeing surging nitrate or phosphate levels? Lots of nasty algae. Do you have detectable ammonia or nitrite? Are the fishes healthy, relaxed, and otherwise active? Are they eating well? If the answer to the first three questions is no and the last one is yes, then perhaps it's time to simply just enjoy what's happening in your aquarium and not stress out over, oh my God, mulm or detritus or whatever you want to call it. To accept and understand that the aesthetic of a heavily botanically influenced system is simply different than what we've come to perceive as acceptable in the general aquarium sense. Of course, the aquarium is a microcosm of nature and not an open system. I get that. However, in principle, many of the factors which control nature control our aquariums too. Some are a bit different in execution, but the influence is similar. So apparently, we have a real hobby addiction to siphoning stuff. Personally, I don't do a lot of siphoning of detritus from my substrates, which are typically a mishmash of you know, leaves and twigs, bits of pieces of uh, botanicals and all that good stuff. And you can stir up, you know, you could stir up this layer and simply, you know, swish a fine mesh net around the water column and try to recover anything that you find offensive. You could. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to get too carried away with it. It just doesn't bother me. Remember, most of the stuff or mulm, the detritus and stuff, is utilized by organisms throughout the food chain in your tank. And as such, it's a fuel for that biological process that we're so interested in. 
There's no sense in disrupting this stuff. What goes down doesn't always have to come up. Accumulation in this instance is not a bad thing. Take care of your tank by taking care of the enormous microcosm within it, which supports its form and its function. Recognizing that there's a continuous accumulation of life forms and their work going on in our tanks so that we don't need to attempt to thwart it in any way is absolutely fundamental to what we do. It's something that we need to accept and enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. No one said the hobby is easy, but it's not difficult either. And as long as you have a basic understanding of the environmental processes and conditions within your aquarium, you're good. And the idea of leaving essential biological components of your aquarium more or less intact, allowing an accumulation of biological material for an indefinite period of time is really compelling to me. What would happen? Stay thoughtful. Stay inspired. Stay motivated. Stay observant. Stay creative. Stay undaunted. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.